Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Hey, hi, Jason. How are you doing? Another great hour. We've also invited <laughs> Morris Tsui, our international businessman, friend of the show, back to the show. He is originally from Hong Kong. He has done business around the world in multiple continents, used to live in England, and has traveled, I don't I don't even know. How many countries have you traveled to, Morris? Uh, I, I've lost count, but not not that many. <laughs> yeah, mainly in, in Asia wow. uh, and some uh, in the US and yeah, some countries in Europe. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Jason makes you sound like a billionaire. (laughs) I can assure you I'm definitely not. (laughs) Maybe almost. (laughs) It's so good to have you on the show. I really enjoy our shows together. It's so good to hear both your voices again. Yeah, I really enjoy coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me again. So, Jason, what do we have today? We're going to be talking about what it takes for parents to help develop uh, young children in a mentally healthy and sound way. Wow, wow. good choice. What inspired you to, you know, choose this wonderful topic? (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's especially relevant today because there is a lot of anxiety and stress around the world in the last few years. And I think it's especially important if we look at, you know, global trends and like making sure that children grow up to be uh, healthy, not just Mm -hmm. physically, but Mm -hmm. also mentally. Wow. I applaud you in selecting this topic because I think it's such an important issue. Like mental health. Yeah. Yeah. It it starts when you were a baby, maybe even back when you were still in the womb. (laughs) So, and I think people overlook that. Seriously, I think people think it's a, it's an issue for like adults. Right? Yeah. And then we are surprised to discover that kids can have mental problems mm. uh, or even maybe they go back even earlier. So I I think we should have multiple shows. On yes, this. definitely a very important. Yeah. Well, both of you are parents, which is why I have asked yeah. Morris to rejoin us because Bebe being a mom and Morris being a dad, I'm sure that there are lots of insights that I'm not going to have because I am not a parent. <laughs> yeah, I have about like, what, 30 hours worth of things to share. What about you, Morris? <laughs> I, I have quite a few things to share as well, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not so sure if I, if I can call myself an expert. Yeah, I've only got one child, a, a mm. boy. Well, yeah, it, and uh, I, I suspect it, it's actually a little bit different raising a boy than, than a girl. So yeah. baby, yours is a girl, right? Yes. You, you, how, many, how many do you have? Just one? Just one. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't be here yes. talking to you guys if I have more than one. <laughs> this is all I can yeah. all I can manage. Yeah, so it will be interesting for me to kind of compare notes with you. Yeah. Difference between boys and girls. So, Jason, yeah. do you think you can manage to stay awake throughout the whole thing? I'm, I mean, I'm a school teacher, so I'm, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm daily observing these 17 kids mm-hmm. and watching them grow up and constantly thinking about how to get them to, mm-hmm. A, you know, listen to the teacher and also, B, be well adjusted about the manner in which I do that. So mm-hmm. this is definitely something that is on my mind a lot. I think that's great, Jason. And because mm. these days when people talk about kids, they are like the first thing they start talking about is their studies, you know, their education, 
um, whether or not they're going to get into this school or that. Mm, mm. And you don't hear as many people talking about uh, mental health of our kids. But that is like, you know, mental health and physical health. They are the, the one behind all the zeros. And sometimes I think people tend to overlook that. Um, uh, Morris, do you want to start the whole discussion? Do you mm. have things you're eager to? Yeah, I, I, I can share a little bit about my own uh, philosophy, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and experience. Yeah, first of all, uh, uh, I just want to slightly clarify that uh, I'm, I'm going to be talking more about uh, psychological development and, mm. and, and so on, <laughs> rather than real mental health issue, because mm. I, at least I don't believe my, my kid has any kind of mental <laughs> health issue. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think another aspect is not just the mental health or psychological health of the children themselves, but making sure that the next generation of people grow up mm. to be, you know, sound so that we can have an even better right, world. Definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, Jason, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, my my own philosophy <laughs> is uh, I raise him however I, I want China to be, mm. you know, 10, 15, wow. <laughs> 20 years time. Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 yes. it sounds kind of very grand, but it isn't. You know, if we want to change our society or, we, or, or if we want our society to go a certain way, what better way to do it than to educate your own kid, your next generation yes. in the way Absolutely. that you, you, you mm, think mm. society should be developing. So, yes. High five, yeah. Morris. High five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, virtual high five. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but back to Bebe's point. Yeah, I actually slightly disagree that uh, when we talk about kids, the first thing, especially for, for us uh, Chinese parents, uh, the mm. first thing, it, it's the study and, uh, mm. you know, homework, academic performance and so on. Because uh, on, on this point, my uh, myself and my wife, who uh, actually have differing opinions on, on various aspects, uh, we, mm -hmm. we are in total agreement that so mm. when when our boy is young, mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to pressure him or have too much mm. focus on on academic achievement. Right. Uh, our initial goal was actually to to give him the the correct uh, uh, how should I put it moral views. Yeah, when he was young. So that, yeah, so his moral compass, so to speak, uh, what things that mm. he, he shouldn't do, what's right, what's wrong, that, that sort of thing. But more than that, uh, it's <clears throat> based on my own uh, observation and so on, that uh, on, on top of everything else, we, we want our child to be, to have a happy childhood. Mm. Mm. Yes. Right? It doesn't mean that uh, we bend to, to his every whim, mm. uh, but he must feel loved. He, he must mm. feel that he's in, in an environment where of, of, of trust, of support, of love, mm -hmm. that he is happy. Right. Yeah, I don't want him to, to feel, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going home facing my, my tiger mom <laughs> or, or, or wolf dad. Yeah, yeah or, although sometimes I could be a little bit of that, but I, I, I go to extraordinary lengths to explain to him why I'm mm. being a little bit harder on him why I set him extra homework or you know and this is this is a 
I I I cannot go into a mm. little bit more detail because I did say that we didn't I didn't focus on on. But there's still homework. But,、uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the simple answer is there are things that are fundamental, right? You, right. You you need to be able to get the fundamentals.、Uh, Right into your head. You,、uh, uh, for want of a better term, you need to internalize that those fundamental things before you、mm-hmm. can you can absorb other stuff as you grow older and you progress in grade. A, a good example is the,、uh, the very simple thing: the multiplication tables. Right?、Mm-hmm. What else can you do except to to learn it parrot fashion? Because that's the most proficient way.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the quickest way. So I, I that's areas where I think、uh, I, I actually go against my own overall philosophy <laughs> and and put a bit of pressure on him、mm. so that he he learned those. Right. Otherwise,、right. uh, it, it it it's gonna stack up. You you're building on top of a of shaky foundation and unsafe. Yes, say shaky foundation、right. exactly. Wait, so yeah, here here's a question, Jason.、Mm. Like, is there um a similar multiplication table in the U.S. Like the ones we have in China, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it goes like rhymes. So that that's why you know some people, a lot of people say we can like Chinese people do math really fast,、mm. um, and a lot of it is attributed to this this multiple multiplication table、mm-hmm. that we memorized as kids.、Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it just go like r 得四二三得六二八 like things like that, and then yeah, two two is four, two three is six. Yeah. Yeah, it's harder in English, but in Chinese, it just goes like a children's rhyme. And there's no verbal component, but there's something on the wall. So there's two different tables、uh, actually. We use a, in a very young age, like kindergarten and first grade, you have the just one to ten, eleven to twenty, on and on until you get to one hundred on the wall. And then when you switch to multiplication,、uh-huh. then you have the table on the wall,、uh-huh. and you're supposed to use the table visually to memorize the answers to the table to about twelve times twelve or thirteen times thirteen.、Uh-huh. But、uh, there's no accompanying. A、uh, rhyme that goes. With I、it. think that's where we win, Morris, when it comes to math, because <laughs>、ah, it helps so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 in fact, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's interesting you, you 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 bring that up. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point. I I I never realized that because I was I was、yeah. educated. I was brought up in Hong Kong, right? So when when I was my son's age or, or a bit younger, like in second grade. Uh, we started reciting our our multiplication table right, in Hong yes, Kong. Yes, yes, same. You only do it up to up to nine,、mm, right? Nine, nine, eight. But、uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the way that、uh, my boy is learning it, they economize. They only recite half the table. Why? I mean, it's not that much more trouble, right? I know. With two, they go down to two nine is eighteen, right? Right. Yeah. But then with three, they only、uh, go down to、uh, three eight because eight three. Oh, they covers on the other end. Oh, okay. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they 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 only go down halfway. Yeah, and and at least for my boy, sometimes it, it causes a minor、mm-hmm. issue. He has to mentally、mm-hmm. switch it、oh. back. Whereas for me, yeah, I'm,、yeah, I'm. Hey, Jason. Yeah, yeah. three, three, seven, or seven, three is the same for Jason, me. Jason, what is five times nine? Forty-five.、Uh, oh, that's right. Okay, <laughs> what is three times eight? Oh gosh, 
I didn't know there was going to be a test cast. <laughs> no, I want to see. <laughs> 24. Yeah, because in Chinese, we, we just go like, 2918, that's like uh. 2, 9 equals 18. 3824, like 3, 8, that's 24. 5, 45, 45. Well, nines have a special pattern, you know, like that's easy to, so if you, the answer was 45, this is because 4 plus 5 equals mm-hmm. 9, and all the ni- nines up to 9 times mm-hmm. 9, like all add up to 9, so 81, 8 plus 1 is yeah. 9. So there's some patterns that okay, we learned good. too. Well, anyhow, I, I don't want to derail the whole thing. But I thought <laughs> this is a, an interesting detail. But uh, I think, you know, when it comes to this, um, it's really not that much more trouble for kids to memorize things. Mm. And if they can spend an, a few extra hours you know, in aggregate, right? And to memorize the multiplication table, it's going to help them so much Absolutely. in the future. I think it's it's necessary. Like things will just go automatic. Well, I mean, yeah. I teach I teach younger children. And so we're doing addition and subtraction. And like some of the kids, uh, you know, they've memorized addition. So they know eight plus nine, right? Immediately. Mm. And so the other kids are holding their hands out, counting their fingers. Not and, enough. And so, you know, <laughs> like if they there's the finger counting method is only useful until they finish memorizing. Mm. So you in order to do subtraction and addition, you have to memorize it you can't just sit there and like okay let me think about this that's not an acceptable way to do math a certain anyways we're way off point i want to i want to i want to start it off because with this article this is from cnbc.com it came out this month april 16th Uh a psychologist says these seven skills separate successful children from the ones who struggle so you don't have to agree with this this is just a points for discussion and you guys can tell me whether or not and in what context and in what ways you're using these or not using these Hmm. number one self-confidence so you Hmm. can be anything you want to be when you grow up morris you can be an astronaut if you want to is that a good thing yeah yeah i i would agree but there can be uh too much of a good thing if if you know what i mean that Hmm. uh you know you you do Hmm. want uh uh, and we do try to boost his self-confidence uh, but you you don't want him to be mm. unrealistic and and think too much of himself right. uh, when when the capabilities are not there. But does that make sense? Or the or the talent <laughs> because kids are just they're born with different talents. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. It's it sounds like mm-hmm. something from Zootopia. That's right. You know, it's like you can be anything you want. <laughs> I, I personally don't really believe in realistic mm. terms that you can be anything you want. Um, like say I would never become mm. a, a physicist. Or like, you know, a superb accountant. Like, I just, I feel like I don't have that ability. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's like, you don't even have to be, you know, anything you, you really want to be. Just, it takes time to find out what you're good at, right? And then spend more time becoming really good at what you're good at. I think that's what uh, I want to go for for myself and what I want to, my daughter to, uh, to shoot for. Mm. She doesn't have to just, you know, be this or that just what she's you know talented what she's good at and what she's interested in Mm -hmm. doing and become good Mm -hmm. with that and i think self-confidence in in my case i feel like my daughter was like born confident for whatever reason i i don't quite understand (laughs) but she just she seemed like a really confident baby (laughs) when she was born Mm. and then she's never really had problem when it comes to self-confidence but you know sometimes she will struggle a little bit with math um but then we help her with it and nowadays there's so many interesting math programs Mm -hmm. that help kids to learn so that it's not dry stuff right Mm -hmm. so it, it you know we we find methods to deal with that otherwise it's like you know she doesn't have a problem with that so we never thought too much about it um but i think myself uh, i i become confident through doing things 
you know, through trying things and find out that hey, I can actually do this, and then I become more confident. And time and time again, I feel like okay, I think I'm all right, you know, in most things.、Mm. But I'm also realistic in knowing which areas I'm just, you know, I'm not really talented at, and I don't force myself to do them. So yeah, I I, I agree、mm-hmm. with Bebe there. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm not sure if、uh, you know, you 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 think you can never be a physicist, maybe. Maybe you didn't have a, have the right teacher, but I, I I'm talking more about things like you know for myself, right?、Uh, uh, I will never be a musician.、Mm-hmm. I don't have the beat in me. I'm I'm born with with two left feet,、mm-hmm. so I I can never be a dancer. <laughs> Couldn't that be you didn't have the right teacher too? Though <laughs>、uh, I I I just. Don't feel the music if you if you see what I right. mean. Right, but I think <laughs> yeah, I see I see young kids who they just move. You know, they、yeah. will they will bob their heads and, and move naturally.、Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Which muscles shall I move? <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think we don't have to be confident in everything. Yep, yeah. Right, allow ourselves to be who we are.、Yep. Right, because I think after having my daughter, I, I realize more and more how, in many ways, we are pretty much designed. You know, a lot of things are in the genes.、Uh, I think the more I, um,、uh, you know, be with my daughter. The more I see that, I think back to the time when she was a little baby, and see a lot of the traits that she shows today. Um, her temperament and、uh, you know how confident she was, and of course her looks and all that. So、um, I think observe your child, you know, find out who or she really is,、mm-hmm. and, and go with the flow in a way. Yeah.、Um, rather than hitting targets like she's got to be this or that, that、mm-hmm. might not be your child, you know.、Mm-hmm. So if, if let's say, well, go go with the flow to a certain extent. Certain, yeah, But sometimes、definitely. I've I've found that kids needs a little bit of a push、mm-hmm. to kind of、uh, get out of their comfort zone, try new things a bit. Right. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it it it's、uh, you do get surprising results. That something that you、mm-hmm. maybe didn't expect your kid to enjoy, and、mm-hmm. you push them. A little bit, they try it, and and they come back telling you that they really enjoyed that.、Mm. Yeah. So one one thing is、uh, an example would be、uh, my wife started、uh, doing Muay Thai. Oh, yeah, that's、wow. the、uh, about、wow. about eighteen months ago. Yeah, she was trying to lose weight,、mm. and just for fun, she took. Uh, took our boy to to one of her classes just for fun.、Mm-hmm. I never, I I didn't discourage him, but my boy is not the physical type.、Uh, mm-hmm. I never、mm-hmm. expected him to enjoy it so much because previously we we've enrolled him on on Chinese wushu,、Ooh. Chinese kung fu classes at school, and、mm-hmm. and he didn't really persevere.、Mm-hmm. But surprisingly,、mm-hmm. he he loved it,、mm-hmm. and he's still doing it with with my wife. He, he averaged one or two classes. Um, every week,、mm-hmm. uh, and and apparently, according、yeah. to my wife, he he <laughs> he doesn't pull his punches when he's fighting against his mom. <laughs> oh wow! Well, is that some sort of wrestling or boxing? No, no, it's Tai Chuan. Tai Chuan is Tai boxing. Oh, Tai Chuan. Yeah,、oh. so you kick with your knees and stuff, and jump,、okay. and and you 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 punch. Yeah. Okay. So he, he you're saying he uses this sport to beat mama. <laughs> Well, they they have to do a bit of sparring,、uh. you see. So yeah, yeah. Well, although you know, I I didn't I didn't 
expect him to like it so much, but I back of my mind, I did think that particular activity would be good for his uh, self confidence. So, what do you have mm. um, up your sleeve for self defense at home, Morris? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you going to protect yeah. yourself from your wife and child? Uh, I have my paraplegic dog. <laughs> yeah, she is okay. uh, our, our, our dog. She's twelve years old. She doesn't like commotion, oh. so she starts mm. barking. Okay. When there's too much noise, yeah. No, no, I have no defense. <laughs> <laughs> Just be nice to them, and you'll be all right. <laughs> I, I rely on diplomacy. <laughs> good one, good one. My philosophy, mm. the one that I've developed over the past few years, is the realization that mental health for kids and adults, for all of mm. us, actually starts in the cradle. Mm. Like in when we were little babies, especially mm -hmm. um, you know when we were first first born. Um, and one thing I keep stressing whenever I have the opportunity, uh, like now, is for people to to sleep with their baby when they were little. And I know that there are all kinds of um, methods and discussions on this, and there there's the danger of you harming the baby if mm. you you know sleep too close together. Um, but the, the my experience of raising my daughter, and also I've been reading about parenting, um, and I know that in the West is probably the common method to uh, to leave the baby in the nursery, right, to sleep mm. at night. Uh, by the baby mm -hmm. itself and they have some kind of a walkie-talkie thingy at night to monitor yeah, the baby yeah. like a baby monitor um that is not the case here in china not like the mm. uh the default case because i think that's probably the default case in a lot of western countries and i think people haven't realized what it does to the baby uh it's not that you know people can't grow up healthy and happy um sleeping in separate bedrooms but mm -hmm. if we really truly think from the point of the baby let's say you know you you just came into this world right out mm, from mm. a place that you've been you've been living for 10 months and so you are alone and you are scared i mean that's why babies cry they mostly because they are scared not because you know they're mm. hurt uh, when they were uh when they were born um and it's a they're very very vulnerable you know, for babies and especially old people, uh, they can't handle themselves. They're extremely weak and vulnerable. And when you're weak and vulnerable, that's when you need care mm -hmm. and love mm -hmm. the most. Mm -hmm. um, and babies, they are. I think because babies are so well-loved in so many ways, people sometimes forget how, how vulnerable they are mm. um, and how much protection they need to learn to survive in this world. And um, my stressing the point of sleeping with a baby, at least, you know, close to them so that you can answer their calls for help, um, you know, soon rather than uh, dragging things on. The point is in building um, a solid relationship with your baby and mm -hmm. also for them to understand that for them to feel that humans are loving and trustworthy, you know, when they are at their weakest, when they cry out for help, there are others who reach out to comfort mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. uh, to help them feel better. And the, the psychological and mental aspect of that have probably been overlooked. You know, we as adults think about, are they fed? You know, have their, their diapers been changed? But we sometimes overlook the fact that babies have feelings. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess they have feelings. They do have feelings. And they are probably, babies are probably mostly feelings. 
because they don't have as much like mental activities, you know, how we think and calculate, but they feel. Mm -hmm. But since they can't articulate, I think a lot of adults um, overlook that. You know, they think they're like I did when my baby was first born. I did not think I did not really think that she had feelings. And so, so you know, whenever I think about this, I feel a little bad. But, you know, I um, <laughs> evolved and learned to love her more over the months and years. But that's something I really, really want to share with everybody. Yeah, I kind of agree because that's what we did as well. But again, on the mm -hmm. other hand, I, I do have a cautionary tale there because mm -hmm. in the end, sure. uh, Jason probably remembers this because I, I did mention it to Jason. Uh, our boy ended mm. up uh, sleeping with us until he was about five. And I actually had to, had to put my foot down. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, I, I would put him to bed in his own bed and you know i would wake up in the morning he'd be in our bed <laughs> he sneaks into our bed but that's normal though well when you're yeah. five it's kind of maybe not so convenient no 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 him. it's not that it, it it you know he he needs to 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 start having a bit of independence but luckily once i put my foot down within a fairly short time like uh, maybe one or two months yeah he's he's totally adjusted mm -hmm. to sleeping alone yeah to the point that you know mm -hmm. he, he, yeah. he likes to yeah he, he doesn't like uh, us sleeping with us in, in our bed like we go on a, a trip and we only have you know manage to book one room and we, we all have to sleep in the same bed he doesn't like that <laughs> but so there is a, a bit of a, a line mm. to be drawn there i think i remember being a little boy and carrying a pillow but it was only on nights like i had nightmares yeah i would have like nightmares and i would like ah, oh, i'm gonna go, go <laughs> hide with mom and dad so like right. i remember doing that too but mm -hmm. it was only occasionally it was like mm. a scary like moment do you know no, for for my boy, for mm -hmm. for a while, it was almost every night. Yeah. So. Well, my daughter is seven and a half. She still sleeps with me, mm. and I I think it's it doesn't bother me at all. Maybe because she's a she's a girl. <laughs> so, um, and it was uh, I think maybe a few months ago she was still hold my hand. You know, you know when I uh, put her to bed. But after she started school, it got better. She you know would go to bed by herself, yeah. and I think you know. Uh, for me, I'm totally okay with it. But I think it, well, what I was stressing is, especially when the baby was little, yep. um, and because they're so helpless. Can you imagine? They're like, you know, they can't do anything on their own. And they can't explain themselves. If we really put ourselves in their shoes, we would really want someone close by. So I just wanted to share that. I do agree with you because uh, when, when he was really, really little, you know, uh, we we bought a, a, a baby caught for him and in the end we moved it next to our bed in in our own bedroom mm -hmm. and that's right. how he ended up in our bed eventually yeah but i think yeah. for for them it's comforting yes because they say that uh, even though we think we th we sleep through the night but actually for adults we wake up uh, every hour or so mm. Like roughly. And what we do is we wake up uh, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously. And then we kind of put ourselves to bed, even as adults. It's not like we sleep, literally sleep the whole night through. Mm. And it's the same for for babies and for kids. Uh, there are cycles, right? Where deep sleep and then lighter sleep. So with, with babies and kids, you know, they will wake up. And if they feel like they're, you know, someone is near them, that's how they feel secure. Mm. And then they go right back. So um, when I was, I remember when I was still nursing my daughter, you know, she would uh, for the first year, 
right? She had to be fed at night. And it was actually very, very convenient, um, you know, for us to sleep on the same bed. You kind of just, when she uh, didn't even cry, she just make some noise, right? When she woke up when she woke up and I just kind of like fish her over and feed her <laughs> and then you know she'll roll over to the side and sleep it was it was actually very convenient there are a bunch of other bullet points here that I think are really interesting and you know obviously these are not things I have insight into but the next one I think is really important mm. it is empathy I mean the ability to empathize with others and what this article emphasizes in the little blurb below the the subheading mm -hmm. is that the children need to learn the vocabulary of empathy of about emotions and about relating to others so I wanted to get your guys input because it seems like as a non-parent to me that this is a really good idea that all the people growing up in the next generation are able to relate to one another and understand each other's mm -hmm. positions well i i actually i'm uh i'm reading this book right now it's called the book you wish your parents had read and your children will be glad that you did mm. it's by philip uh, can't say the author's name uh philip <laughs> philippa philippa perry maybe i got this wrong but it's a mm. very very that sounds right uh popular book you probably mm. uh, have heard of it um and it's not just about parenting it actually is more about relationships. I mean, uh, parenting is actually building the relationship with your children, right? It's it's much more than just feeding and feeding and clothing your kids and giving them an education. Mm. And when it comes to empathy, um, here is I just read this this morning. It said um, children learn to consider other people's feelings by having their own cons considered first. Right. So as younger kids, if they felt like they are understood and if they feel like they are empathized with, that's how they learn to um, slowly understand the feelings of others and consider the, the feelings of others. And as you said, um, we need to teach them uh, to put their feelings into words. Right. And we do that by uh, just by helping them. Mm. Right. Mm. Because um, instead of, let's say, judging them whether or not they, you know, you're being a bad boy or uh, things like that. Help them to put their feelings into words mm. so that it's not just a ball of emotion stuck inside their, you know, existence somewhere. Mm. Um, and you help them to smooth things out. So I think that's the first thing we should do to empathize with them when they have bad feelings. Mm. Interesting. That's how they will learn. Yeah, because being yeah. being a guy myself and 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 our, our kid being a boy, mm -hmm. uh, I I I kind of uh, view empathy in from a slightly uh, different perspective mm -hmm. uh let me explain sure uh for example when he was young if he was playing downstairs and some other kid left the toy there and he took it mm. yeah uh i would ask him you know if he after playing with it he doesn't return it i would ask him how would you feel if somebody mm. took your toy right so i i guess that's empathy but i kind of use it as an an underlying thing to to try and teach him other stuff right mm -hmm. so this works for for a lot of different situations how would you feel if the table is turned if, if right. uh, somebody else did that to you mm. so i i suppose that's one aspect of empathy but being you know i'm kind of still traditional chinese guy so i i, I don't tend to talk a lot about <laughs> mm -hmm. emotions or and make so a big deal out of it with, with my boy <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not that we we don't talk mm -hmm. about emotions, but uh, we we don't tend to, mm. to to dwell on it too much. I think if if he if if we had a girl, that would probably mm. be a little bit different. 
yeah, it, it's kind of we're still stuck a little bit in this uh, traditional stereotype thing. <laughs> see, when you talk about Chinese traditions, here's something rather interesting, and I'm, I'll see if I can put it into words. Um, in Chinese culture, you can see that a lot of times Chinese parents are pretty strict with their kids. Like Morris, you mentioned your father, right? Yeah. I think it sounded like he was pretty strict with you guys, right? When you were little, was that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and that's probably the case with a lot of uh, I guess adults now these days. Like your parents' generation, they were pretty strict with their kids. Mm. But at the same time, and you guys probably didn't talk a lot about emotions either. But at the same time, there are loving relationships. It's like you never talk about love, but you all know that the love is there, and that's something very different from because when you know when we first went to went to the states. It's like everybody says, says I love you. Mm. You know, they says they say I love you to, um, you know, within the family and also with friends and outside the family. It was so expressive. Mm. But that was not the case um, in China, at least not, you know, let's say earlier generations. But the bond, they, they bond really well for somehow, you know. Mm. And I think... Maybe the, the, the underlying reason is that in Chinese culture, people put so much attention uh, to raising their kids. Mm. Like they're always there for their kids. Even though some of these words are not said or the methods they use, like, you know, I guess uh, earlier generation, they would beat up their kids. But it was no big deal. Yep. But at the same time, the kids know that their parents love them to death, you know? So it's it, sometimes, even though it's not soft words or mm -hmm. there could be better communication, but still the kids know that they are well-loved um, and their parents will, you know, will, will die for them. Because this is, there's a famous comedian mm -hmm. in America. I can't remember her name, but she was talking about this exact same thing that you're covering right now. And one of the things she says is like, oh. yeah, Americans, you say, I love you. I love you. But in China, this is how we say, I love you. It's cold. Put a jacket on. Uh. <laughs> before you go outside <laughs> so instead of so she's trying to say that chinese like practicality and like is an expression of love and it's better than words because it protects other members of the family other beloved people see in china they they love through actions mm. like parents are really there for their kids mm. i mean since you know the day they're born until way into adulthood I, I mean say in most cases um like my parents still consider me like a kid yeah <laughs> i'm in my 40s <laughs> there was never there was never Never a day where they felt like she's out of the house. You're definitely still a kid if you're in your 40s. Yeah, <laughs> I, my parents still consider me a kid. See, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the normal case in American culture, but it seems like in American culture, uh, kids are, they are encouraged to be independent very early on. And that's not really the case in, in Chinese culture. Maybe for us, it's a bit too late. <laughs> like we, we keep it for too long. <laughs> I agree with you on, on everything so far, but I, I don't actually think that it has too much to do with, with uh, independence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, it's not as if your parents want you to, to, to rely on them. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's just a thing that the, and it, it's a two-way street, mm, right? Right. So until until your parents pass away, your identity as a son or daughter it, it's kind of always there, paramount when you when you are interacting with your parents. Mm. Uh, you you never forget that, mm -hmm. right? So so 
Yeah, uh, in, and I don't mean this in in a bad way, but I could never talk to my parents as if we're friends. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm sure Bebe understand this. Yeah, mm. and and it's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. in in our culture, uh, they will for forever be your parents, even though you know if, if we're lucky enough if if they live until they're they're hundred and I'm mm-hmm. you know I, I and and I'm seventy something, if we go mm-hmm. out. Together, people probably don't think of us as being father and son. Mm. But in your own mind, yeah, you will always be the son, and he will always be the father. The that is is it doesn't actually have a, a lot to do with uh, independence or anything like that. It's just uh, mm-hmm. uh, a very uh, deep seated cultural thing that you you respect your yeah. your, your parents. I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so sometimes it seemed a little shocking uh, for for me or for us, for my family back in the states, to see um, we, we almost sense this disconnection between parents and kids uh, at a certain point. Um, but for us, I don't know. At least in my family, like I could go live with my parents, right, in, in their house, and not feel like I'm in my parents' house. This is my family. But it seems like maybe for a lot of uh, American adults, like once they move out, it's like not so nice to move back in. I'm not too sure. But you feel this like um, a clearer cut at a certain point. But maybe that's just our impression. I want to uh, roll it along. Sure. You know, some of the some of the future topics down the list we don't need to cover because you guys kind of uh, already covered them. But this one, I think, is an interesting one from a teacher's perspective, mm-hmm. self-control. So in, in my in my class, sometimes mo- I can see the different personalities of the kids and I can also see some of the parenting mm-hmm. as expressed through the kids because some kids will sit like a little Buddha and they'll just be waiting for like instruction. And some kids are like <laughs> running around and you can't get them to sit down and you've got every, every grade between them. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what, you know, what do you guys do to help develop this, you know, some degree of self-control in, in your kids? Oh, go ahead, Morris. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me think about this now. <laughs> yeah. that That's actually a, a very difficult aspect. Right. Uh, I, I don't have mm-hmm. a good mm-hmm. answer to this, but one, one little trick <laughs> that I use is not really a trick, but I, I kind of uh, 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 try to make him look at the issue of self-control from a slightly different perspective is uh, whether a behavior is, is, age appropriate mm. so it doesn't only work in terms of self-control but uh that's definitely something which changes with age right, right? so when definitely. you're two mm-hmm. and you're hungry and you start to cry that's perfectly accept- acceptable when you're two but when yeah. you're even when you're four or five if you start crying when you're hungry that's a lot less acceptable <laughs> right mm-hmm. so yeah and and from that you know you go into self-control but one aspect that i'm actually having a bit of uh, an issue with uh, a struggle a struggle with yeah right now is my my boy is kind of a little bit timid despite the fact that he does both Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. But uh, when he when he goes out and play with other kids at, at school and mm. and in, in our compound, you know, our neighbors' kids, yeah. He he he's actually big for his age. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, he comes back with bruises. They they're not Aww. real fights, right? Play fight, hmm. yeah. And other kids at this age sometimes they they lack the self control and they probably don't mean to hit him so hard mm. and uh, hmm. yeah. But the point is, I'm I'm trying to kind of uh, uh, impress upon him that. At a certain point, mm. you need to defend yourself, mm. <laughs> right? But uh, on the other hand, I'm so worried that because he he's quite a bit stronger than than most of the kids that he play with with the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm so worried that he will he will overdo it and and hurt other people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that self control is not is not an easy one. But mm. I think one one of the the tricks. That I use is is to to put it into the perspective of you know is this something that's age appropriate when mm. you are when you're this age yeah could you manage should you still do this or mm. yeah. yeah it's a it's a hard one for me to answer too but I want to go uh, around it from another angle mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of focusing on self control because let's be honest we are adults and we can't always control ourselves right yeah like I know mm. it's not good to get that bubble tea. But, <laughs> right. So forcing so much on our kids, it's um sometimes mm. it seems unfair. But what I tend, what I try to do is, um, I help her to become more mindful in the things she does. Like, mm. uh, instead of saying "Don't do that," mm-hmm. right? You say, uh, "I would say, can we look at what's in front of us? Oh, what are mm. we doing right now? Right, we're mm. we're eating. So maybe can we put the book aside?" Or um, I guess we don't have like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. physical things a lot, you know, like conflict with other people. She's, you know, uh, not into that. Um, but I, I try to go from this angle mm. um, to uh, to help her focus more on what she's doing. And that helps with self-control, right? When you are mindful of what you're doing right now, um, it's easier to like make your body do the things you want to do. Mm. So other than that, I don't really have a lot of good tips. Yeah. Well, it mentions in the article a couple of tricks. I think it's talking about really young kids. So mm-hmm. uh, like five or six. It says, um, if you're mad, count to 10. <laughs> She'll or, get uh, lost. Like, don't say anything <laughs> you wouldn't want said about you. So things mm. like that. And this is under self-control, not empathy. So mm-hmm. it's about like, you know, reflecting, getting the asking the kids leading questions about their own behavior, stuff like that. It's, mm. you know, but let's move on. Sure. And this one is a little bit, uh, I'm going to skip integrity because I feel like we kind of covered a it a little word. bit. I want to go to, yeah, I want to go to curiosity. So uh, how do you get your kids to engage with new things they don't already understand and want to learn more about them? Right. Huh. But I think kids are naturally curious. Yeah, they are. Yeah, maybe. Like, they you know, are. Actually, yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I'm always trying to pour her back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Because she's always out there. <laughs> she's always like thinking about interesting things, but she needs to eat and, you know, stay clean and all that. So, no, I mean, I have, I have a kid. I'm not going to say his name on this program, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he, one of the things he's learned to do and to the effect where he knows he's even being annoying sometimes, he'll just say why. And no matter what you say, he's going to say <laughs> why after it again. Oh, I think I, that's a face. Yeah. In, in, at least in, <laughs> in Hong Kong, we have a saying we mm. we call them what? 问题儿童 
which actually literally means problem child, but it doesn't mean that. There's a play oh. on words. It, it means a child who's always question, mm. asking questions. Yeah, joking. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I, right. I, I kind of, mm. first yeah. of all, I agree with Bebe that uh, kids are, are, are naturally curious. Mm. But mm. what I've observed, because my, my boy is coming up to 11 soon, that as they grow older, sometimes that curiosity gets overcome by something else mm. yeah uh, uh what i've observed in, in my boy is two things yeah i hate to say this but uh, he's a little bit lazy right so <laughs> sometimes he's just too lazy mm. yeah so he, he would come to me oh dad uh yeah have you heard about this that and the other yeah explain it to me i said because one of the first thing to, to help his curiosity along when mm. when i first got him his first ipad Mm -hmm. The first thing I teach him to do on the iPad wasn't to play games. Mm. Yeah, as soon as he could type, was actually how to use a search engine. Mm. Right. right. So whether it's a new English word you've come across, or you know a historical period that you're not sure about, yeah, he comes to me because he's he's a bit lazy. He says, "Oh, that 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 uh, Song Dynasty. Yeah, how long ago was that?" I said, mm. "You know how to use a search engine? Why don't you go?" <laughs> yeah. The, well, maybe he just trusts your encyclopedic yeah. knowledge of history. Yeah. I uh, thought I was thinking the same thing. I think he just for him, you are the most knowledgeable person in the world, Morris. So he just naturally, you know, come to you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm flattered that both of you are saying that, but I would much prefer if he does the basic research mm -hmm. and then come to me and for, for the finer details. Mm. And related to that, the other thing that kind of uh, gets the better of a kid's curiosity is this with the current kid's the, this culture of uh, instant graf uh, gratification. Gratification. Yeah. If mm. they have to, to read through mm. two or three websites or even, you know, two two pages on on a website, mm. they, they think it's too much trouble. They just want to know it now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dad, what does this word mean? Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a good point. I think you both have probably seen the movie The Matrix. One of the most stunning parts of that movie for me is when uh, Neo gets in the chair and he they just upload how to do different things into his mind and there's no effort. You don't, He mm. doesn't have to try to learn how to fly a helicopter. He can just fly a helicopter. I was like, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, we all need this. But unfortunately, that's one area that I, I'm, I'm having to deal with, with with my boy because he expressed an interest in a certain activities but he, he's mm. not willing to invest in you know you've brought up the next bullet point which is oh. perseverance oh, so, right oh, yeah, okay. if, if your if your child says i want to play the violin and you get them a violin how do we keep them using that you get a stick <laughs> you get a long stick <laughs> There are actually these rulers in China. In China <laughs> that's, that's what they used back in the days. And sometimes there are double layers so that when you hit on the palm, there's a second jolt like from mm. the double layer. But anyhow, I'm not suggesting anything. Okay, everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I can share with both of you that our Jiechi, this this punishment ruler, uh -huh. mysteriously disappeared. Oh, 
you draw your you draw do your you, own conclusion. Do you have a fireplace somewhere like in the house? And, no, 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 no. It just disappeared. No trace of it. Well, I want to give you my theory as a non-parent, as a non-parent, someone who's not a parent. And when my kid, I'm finished with my kids at, at work. Hmm. They go home, so I don't know, you know, what they're really like deep down inside. I just know what they're like in the nine to five, right? But um, for perseverance, I always imagined perseverance would become from like sitting down with them and doing it with them so that they feel like it's interesting to do because mom and dad, mom or dad find it interesting to do with them to some extent. Right. Am I, am I misleading myself? No, no, this is uh, an excellent point because that was something that I was, I was going to bring up, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not always uh, good at whatever he's trying to do and, and, Mm. and, you know, give up after a while, but if whenever possible, uh, I, I could still remember what, uh, maybe three summers ago. Yeah. He took an interest in, in, uh, just shooting hoops, uh, because we, we mm. have, uh, mm. we don't have a full basketball court here, but, uh, I bought him a basketball and he was trying to shoot hoops mm. and he would give up after about five or six tries without, mm. without scoring a, a hoop. And mm. I, I, I was there with him mm. and I tried to encourage him with things, tempt him with things that he wants. I said, uh, you know, if you score 15 today, I'll, I'll buy you uh, a Coke, uh, a Coke, <laughs> Diet Coke, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so being there and, and the other thing is, uh, um, I still remember two summers ago, I was, encouraging him during the lockdown in the summer i was encouraging him to Mm -hmm. ride his bike round round uh, our compound and he finds it boring so i used to go downstairs (laughs) with him and i start my my timing app on my on my phone Mm -hmm. yeah and i would make up these rules that uh you know you, you you need to you need to do one circuit around the block uh, within two minutes and and if you if you achieve a time under two minutes i will take one lap off so he i used to give mm-hmm. him like 20 laps a day on a bike which is mm-hmm. no big mm-hmm. deal yeah because i think one lap is like uh between 400 and 500 meters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like you make it into a game almost yeah but yeah. but yeah. if it's is if it's an activity that uh, i i can't participate myself like he tried to learn the piano and mm-hmm. stuff like that then it, it gets very very difficult for me mm-hmm. but uh, what what jason suggested it is actually a very very good from my own experience <clears throat> contribute it from another perspective i want to i want to mention the fact that you know for both adults and kids we all have a limited amount of self-control uh, because i mean even the word perseverance it's like it, it, it has the the intention of doing things keep doing things when don't you don't even want to do it anymore right but i think we should allow it in both ourselves and other people including our children to know that their our self-control is limited so my method is to really choose the right things for your kids your kids can't be Mm. you know Mm -hmm. good at everything okay they can't be good at everything that Mm -hmm. parents Mm. uh choose for them so if sometimes it's just not their thing you, I think we have to really sit down and consider whether or not it's worth it to uh, spend the energy, uh, the money, right? And also the limited amount of self-control on this particular thing. 
if there's something else, <laughs> right? I hate the piano, mom. Yeah, if seriously, I mean, if they spend, they can spend ten years, right, practicing the piano mm. and in tears. And if they don't like it, when they grow up, it's not going to be very useful for them. Right? It's not yeah. going to be a joy in their life. So I think parents have to watch and see what's suitable for them. Yeah, but but some of the issues that I I face with with my boy is that. He just doesn't spend enough time on an activity to convince me whether he likes it or or not, right? So he just doesn't <laughs> spend enough time. He just tries it for like uh, you know an hour, and he thinks, "Oh, I'm no good. It's mm. no fun," right? So, so on, on top mm-hmm. of that, I I have a suggestion, right? Do it with them, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of set mm. goals mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. easy to reach so that right. they yeah. feel right. that they have achieved something because that's one thing that will will kind of, of excite them into into carrying on and doing more mm. yeah so so set limited goals so that they feel they've achieved something of course don't don't right. reward them for having achieved nothing at all but set limited mm-hmm. goals easy to reach goals so that they can yeah. achieve something so in, in, in that activity and then oh well done you've done this so tomorrow shall we try mm-hmm. try something a tiny bit more difficult yeah that mm-hmm. that kind of worked for for me in 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 the number of activities and that I, I just want to uh, give mm-hmm. examples uh, for my daughter Two examples. One, she, like she, she loves to draw ever mm. since she was like, you know, two or three. And she could sit there uh, for hours, you know, creating mm. her own picture book. So if can you call that perseverance? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably, you know, because maybe for other people, mm-hmm. they, they'll have to be forced to practice draw, drawing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for her, it's natural. It's no problem. But when it comes mm. to practicing the piano, that's a different story. We started uh, this year. And as Morris said in the beginning, you have to sit with them. You, you, you like it's it's not fun in the beginning for anybody. Um, so I'm gonna give both of us some time, maybe like a year or to a point where she can play some simple tunes. Because starting then, um, they're gonna start to enjoy this a little mm. bit. Yeah. In the beginning, it's the you know the boring part. There are no tunes. It's just like broken pieces and. Uh, it doesn't feel like you're being rewarded for all the work you put in. But once she can play a little bit of something, maybe she will feel like, oh, you know, there's actually mm. fun in this. And then we'll keep it on a little longer to see that if she can go on. Because it's exhausting for both parents and kids yeah, uh, to yeah, keep doing yeah. something that the kid doesn't enjoy. Yep. I mean, it, it's mm. it's exhausting, even for adults. So um, I think it really depends. Watch. I think we have to just really observe our children, and uh, we will get a feeling for what they uh, what they like, right? What they're naturally good at, and then go from there. That's what I meant by you know going with the flow. Yeah. To to discover your child. We're at the end of the show, so I want to oh. give. Each of you a very short window. Sure. If you want to add one last uh, tip, if you will. What's your philosophy about raising your child so that they grow up well adjusted? To to try to understand your child, Mm. to um, to allow them to show you Mm. their perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, in that way, they feel understood. Mm-hmm. At least you're willing to understand them as a individual, because a lot of times we see kids as, you know, just kids. Mm. They are human beings. We are equal when it comes to feelings. <laughs> and if they feel like they are, uh, you know, understood and they're empathized with, mm. um, it's more likely that they will become individuals who will offer that for other people. 
So love, security, great, and uh, being understood. Individuality. Yeah, try to understand our children. Thank you for coming on the show again, Morris. Thank you, Morris. It's always fun. Thank you very much. As usual, I I have had a great time. <laughs> Thank you, Bebe, as well. No problem, Jason. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye bye.